0: Week, I shared that uh, uh, coming next week we're going to affirm the our elders who are with us. We have seven elders who participate here. We reaffirm them every year and we're inviting one more person from the, within the Genesis community, Nasha Green, in order to step upon that elder board. And so we're looking, yeah, she's, a, if you, for those of you who know her, you uh, know her walk with Jesus, her character, her personality, you know that, um, If you know her, then we believe that you're going to trust her, right? And so we're inviting you, we're asking you to affirm her. If you've got any reason that you can't, especially if there's something personal between you and Nasha, um, we're asking you to go to her and say, Nasha, you hurt my feelings. I have something against you. It's making this hard to affirm you, to go to her and give her the chance to make it right. Um, So we're going to give you a week to do that. And then next week we're looking to affirm her. Sound good? And the rest of the board. So we're talking about, we're in the spirit of Christmas, and all through the Christmas story is the movement of God's spirit. There was dreams and visions and prophetic messages that came to people announcing the coming of Jesus Christ. It was meant to encourage. But at that time, there was only so few people who received it. So few who really believed it. So few who were able to humbly accept this reality that Jesus was coming, the, the King was coming, the Messiah was coming. And so today, we're talking about that. We're talking about this this idea of revelation, of wisdom, of words, of knowledge from God. As we would call prophecy, that God is giving revelation. Have you ever had someone come to you and said, oh, hey, I I dreamt of you last night. Now, again, you might get nervous depending on who they are or what they would say. But that that happens, right? Or maybe you dreamt of someone and and you wanted to tell them it was just so unique and weird or odd, but yet it stuck with you. I had a friend, a, a trusted friend, her name was Janice, and she came to Carmel, and, I, and this was years ago, and she was like, I had this dream about you guys. And we're like, oh, uh, interesting, you know, do share, and she's like, ah, oh, you're, you're walking across this bridge, and I'm like, well, that's fine, right, we're not naked or anything, right, it's not weird. She's like, you're walking across this bridge, and it's on fire, and I'm like, alright, that, that doesn't sound like such a good picture, <laughs> right, eh? Um, and she's like, yeah, and, and, but, but you make it. And it was a long journey. You make it. And there was people behind you that were encouraged from it. And so that, that, that image, so we, we had that, right? And we received it from Janice. We trusted Janice. We knew that she was a prayer. We knew that she was one who, who uh, would listen what God would say to her. And she, and she, she was an artist, and so she painted the dream. And its, it's step force. Now, yeah, in there is this, like, burning bridge. It's not the main part of the story, right? Now, when you shared that story with me, the part that I remember, the bridge was on fire and you were going across it, right? Uh, that's not pleasant, right? And for many of us, you, when we get messages like this and we're deciphering, God, is this from you. And the message is, yep, yeah, there's a burning bridge. <laughs> you make it. Um, and, and, and encouraged others. I mean, the parts of those messages are meant to do is to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to comfort us. And I tell you what, it's probably been 10 years since that we got that, that image. And in those 10 years, we have been walking across burning bridges. We're not burning bridges, y'all, you know, right? I guess, I guess that's another way to interpret it, right? It's like we're burning our bridges. No, we're interpreting this journey of life. And and there has, there has been struggle, right? Can you relate? Have you not had that in the past decade of your life? But if there was a message that said, you make it. And through the trials, others will be strengthened and encouraged. As we talk about prophecy, it was one of the things that re- that reminded me of. About how these messages are for our good and for the good of others. And through that i've had these moments where we've had this and even with our son the birth of our son harvest carmel had a dream right she we've told this story had a dream that we we, before we had any kids right we couldn't have kids and she had this dream that we were having children we had dreamed that we had this kid named lambaz right that we adopted this kid we've yet to meet lambaz but there may be somebody out there we even looked up the name it it, there is in in the east lambaz is a name Right, So we're like, goodness, maybe there's a lambaz out there. But yet she had this other dream and she had this dream that we had a, we had a baby boy and we tattooed stuff on his back. We haven't done that <laughs> yet. But, but we had this dream, right? And we had this dream and we had this scripture tattooed on his back, um, you know, about calling out to the Lord of the harvest. It's Jesus saying the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Petition the Lord of the harvest to send workers. Right? And so we made up this birth announcement. That was the birth of our son, Harvest, right? And just, it kind of tells the story. And we had that text there marked on his back in in a fake graphic design version. Right? But yet, that dream shaped what we named him. And we woke up. She woke up from that in the middle of the night, told me the dream. And I'm like, oh, Harvest, that's a cool name. Right? Boom. And immediately we were like, we're going to name our son Harvest. Right? And we believe that that is going to be something with his future we don't know what i mean this boy was adopted right we we knew that some would say his future is in an odd place but yet before he was born we had a name for him and harvest was it uh 10 years ago if not more 11 years ago um, with the team here at genesis and nate myself and drew were together and drew came in and says boy i have this sense from the god And we were renting room upstairs, and he's like, I think God's inviting us to come together with the people here. It was a word of prompting. And as we began to decipher that, we felt the same thing from the Spirit. I believe so, too. We took it to our whole community. We took it to Pastor Dave. We took it here. And the the, the majority of people said, we believe this is it. So these kinds of things, the foundations of our life is Jesus right the the gospel and the truth but tell you what shapes our life what adds color to our story is a God who is speaking and directing and leading and guiding us and inviting us to dare like Bethany like you're talking about like you have this sense that something is happening and I can remember having that same sense something's happening in my life and it was like 15 years ago I had this dream and I just dreamed it felt spiritual, and it was like I was being asked to put on these boots, these big like moon boots, like these super cool space boots, right? I don't, I, I just remember that, and and it felt like I was being being invited by an authority, and if I had to say who that authority was, I would have said it was God. Put on these boots, and after I woke up from the dream, you're trying to decipher it, and I know there's this scripture, right, in Ephesians that says, "Put on the shoes, the boots of readiness," and so for me, it was this calling an invitation of what God was doing and inviting. And all these things do is invite color. And I tell you what, they're not roadmaps <laughs> by any means, but they are guideposts. And everyone will invite you to dare, will invite you into something where God is wanting to do in the world, and it invites color, and it is so good. And so today, when we talk about prophecy, I think this is for our good. I think this is for your good. And I pray that today and beyond, that we will begin to take notice of how God is wanting to direct and to use each of you to bring guidance and help and intuition and the spirit to bring encouragement to others. We have a God who speaks. We have a God who moves. And so today, when we talk about like the prophetic, and that's what we're going to call it, this prophetic ministry, It's less about God speaking, because that's the reality. God speaks, but it's more about us developing our listening. Do you want to hear? Because God is always speaking. I've been reading the book by Jordan Singh called Miracle Worker, and, and, and within his community, they continue to say God is very chatty. And I don't know if you know that, but God wants to speak and is speaking. It's not rare. Now, there was a time when it was rare, right? There was a time, ancient times, the Holy Spirit would only make cameo appearances. And there would be a few people in whom God would give these revelations to. And it seemed rare. And they were kind of a big deal at that time. And they would listen, and they would hear, and they'd proclaim it. And if they got it right, they were considered a prophet. And within the movement of the Old Testament, if they got it wrong, the command was to kill them. Right, Because it was a rare thing. And it was like people coming saying, thus says the Lord. And it was a way for people to kind of to hear. But Joel, a prophet, said, hey, there's a time coming when it's not going to be rare. It's going to be normalized for people to receive direct revelation from God. And this is in Joel 2. And it said afterward, this was a, it was a prophecy talking about Jesus and what would come from Jesus. It says, I will pour my spirit, this is God saying that to the people, on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophecy, prophesy. I mean, they'll have revelations. They'll have words of knowledge. There'll be things that God will give them straight from God. Your old men, or your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. All these things are prophetic. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. This is. This hallmark, this marker would be an outpouring that everyone would be able to receive direct revelations from God. And in Acts 2, after the life of Jesus' his death and resurrection, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, I'm I'm going away, and it's for your good that I go away. And if I go away, man, uh, God is not going to leave you alone. I'm going to pour, God's going to pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And in Acts 2, we get this this moment where uh, the doors are broken open And the Spirit of God breathes upon the disciples of Jesus. In that moment, we see this this movement of God's Spirit that's freely released. And all the teachings in the Scripture are saying, oh, if you believe in me, I'm going to give you this gift. This gift of my Spirit. The Spirit of God indwelling in you, being one with you. And a growing intimacy of that. And so because of this great multiplication of revelation among people... The Spirit's not like this rarity, it's not like there's somebody who can stand up here and say, well, here's what God said, and the rest of us would be like, oh, goodness, I, I, guess it, I guess it is, I guess that's true. It's like, no, we all have the Spirit, we can test it, we can confirm it, we can weigh it, we can measure it to see if it is true or not. There's not just one, it's the whole. And this is what it was meant to be. One person's revelation can can be confirmed or questioned by the other sensitive people around them. This confirmation is spoken of in 1 Corinthians 14 when they talk about the church and and these kinds of words that were meant to build up and to encourage and to comfort the body and people. And it says this in verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what's said. And so they're talking about a gathering of people. And Paul was encouraging them about their church. And so a couple people would speak. Are they getting this sense from God? And what would all the other people do? Weigh it. Was it just a few people who weighed it? Everyone weighed it. Why? Because you have the Spirit of God. And many of you have gifts of discernment. And maybe you know the scriptures and you know what sounds true and what isn't true. You know those markers, and that's the way that it was. Paul seems to see a whole church of people that are fluent in the ways of prophecy, where there's direct revelations from God for their good and the good of others. At the beginning of 1st Corinthians chapter 14 or in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 there's these verses that continue to talk about prophecy and I'm, I just pulled these out these are these are bits from texts text one through five verses one through five and in it they're talking about prophecy and the tongues and so today we're not talking about speaking tongues we're talking about prophecy so I've only pulled those parts and so it says this this is verse one follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit Especially prophecy. Desire it. Verse 3. I think this is why we desire it. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Right, that's, that's good. That's just so good. The purpose of this gift is to strengthen, encourage, and to comfort. So desire it. Do you desire it? Oh God, let us be, fill us, speak to us. Give us this gift. Let us hear you. Verse 4. The one who prophesies edifies the church. That just means it builds up. It builds up the people. In verse 5. Paul said, I'd like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you prophesy. Right? He's saying, oh, I desire this for you. That you would all do this because it's good. And so we want to talk about this and this practice of this and how can we practice it, how can we be a people who can be fluent if there is a spirit of God who brings revelation, divine revelation to us, however God chooses, how can we grow in this practice, and that's what we want to talk about today. So uh, Jordan Singh says this, just about, just, the, just a, a peripheral words to this, and about what we're going to talk about today, it says this, it's relatively easy to perceive a prophecy, it's harder to understand it accurately. And it's harder still to apply it well and so that's what we're going to talk about perceiving understanding and applying and then we're going to we're going to try to practice it a little bit this morning if you're up for that regardless if you're up for it that's what we're going to do the plan is set unless i somehow get some sort of major stomach pain and i'll have to decipher if that's from the lord or change the plan perceiving a prophecy so supernatural revelation can happen in a ton of ways. And when you look at the scripture, it has happened in a ton of ways. Right? Uh, God spoke directly. Um, he sent visions. People had dreams. There was audible voices. Angels were a part of it. There were impressions in minds. Things that happened when he slept. Right? There's tons of different ways. And God seems to really enjoy being creative about how this takes place. Nothing is out of bounds about how you could get an inclination premise an idea a thought and there's lots of language in the scriptures for this uh, and they, they write things like the word of the lord came to me the hand of the lord was upon me i heard i perceived i saw i was in the spirit right so it's tons of different language to describe what was happening in it and so the key to perceiving this is to be open and sensitive because it's often subtle and puzzling and so even, we were like, okay, it wouldn't be all that puzzling if God spoke in an audible voice. Do you know that there were times when God spoke in audible voices in scriptures? And do you know the majority of times when he did, most people didn't get it. They said things like, so God spoke, he spoke over Jesus, right? And he's like, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, right? Um, and, you, and you know what the other people said? Sounded like thunder, <laughs> right? Huh? Right, right? It, even though it was audible, they still missed it. And so the reality is that it can still be hard because it's often subtle and puzzling. Being open and sensitive is there. The challenge in perceiving a revelation is to realize that you've perceived a revelation, and to take hold of it. So the first step, or at least talking about perceiving, here's here's one of the things: is to notice, because eighty percent of prophecy is noticing. And so we want to notice a prophecy might seem an awful like what you call special thought it it has some heft to it it has some weight to it but it's not overwhelming the trick is to notice and to identify its purpose the same thing applies to our dreams which we have every night but we might tend to dismiss them and so last I've, i've had some dreams even recently where they strike me they strike me very differently than the others. And so they have some heft to them. And so the challenge with dreams is not to immediately dismiss them. Because God speaks to them. I remember having this dream when I was, I was actually in a season, I was in this time of just solitude. And I had this dream, right? And it was a dream that I was here in the church. I was here in the church and I, I was invited to go down to the South Hall. That's like a little fellowship hall area. And I walked down there and it was like a tornado It hit the church. It was like, you know, everything was just blown apart, right? And I walk down there and I see it's all crazy and it's going. And I have this immediate um, impression when I walk down there. And it's like, the devil, right? Like, it's, it's demons. And next week we're going to talk about that, right? So, in this dream, there's demons down in South Hall. And I have that. And all of a sudden, I get grabbed by something, right? And I'll call it like I was attacked by a demon, right, in this dream. And, and I start saying things like, um, in the name of the Lord, I rebuke you, you know, and it doesn't let me go. And then I yell out like, you know, like a child. Right? Well, I'm grabbed by a demon. I'm yelling like a child the whole time. Jesus! Boom. It's gone. Right? So I wake up. And I'm like, oh, uh, does that dream have some heft to it? But the challenge is not to dismiss it. Because I'll tell you what, I have no clue what that meant like what 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 is this and so I, I sit on it right I write it down I take notice to it huh there's demons it involves a church could it be spiritual I don't know but I but it definitely has some markers of that right and I begin sharing it with others what do you think and someone said huh I find that really interesting that you were down in the fellowship hall meaning that that's where people that's where the community gathers for connection and, and people and that and you were attacked right now so this dream happened like two years ago and i'm still processing it you know what i've been beginning to put together with it and it's something that i i continue to sense and see and feel um in in ephesians in ephesians 4 it says therefore each of you must put up, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we're all members of one body like be honest and truthful with one another In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. It's talking about community here. And do not give the devil a foothold. How interesting that the devil and a foothold comes with anger among a people. Right? So I think dreams, so you're gonna hear about this in January when we talk about anger. I think there's something here for us about being truthful with one another in that, right? So how do you do it? Notice it. Notice them as a way that we can perceive what's happening. Well, how can you know for sure that God's speaking to you? Well, here's a couple of things. If it contradicts what you believe, what you know the scriptures say, then more than likely you, you, you don't believe it, right? You don't have to believe it. You can put it aside. You can throw it away. Or if you get this idea that something's going to happen in the future and it actually comes out wrong, then you are wrong. That has nothing to do with God, right? That, that wasn't a prophetic thing, an utterance. It wasn't from God. But the main way to discern the voice of the Lord is by getting used to the voice of the Lord. It's called familiarity. And I can't really say that word, so I probably won't say it again. <laughs> Becoming really familiar with God's voice. Oh, let me just experiment with you right now. Close your eyes, no one's going to do anything to you. <laughs> Close your eyes. And now, someone is going to speak, and I want you to say, um, whose voice is it right now who's talking? Hello. How are you? Whose voice is this that is speaking? Now, I know this is really stupid, but how do you know that it's my voice? You can close your eyes. Well, you've heard me before, you've become familiar with it. How do you know when God is speaking? You become familiar with it. You become familiar when God has spoken before. In John 10, Jesus said these things. And when he was speaking about his people, he said that when, when he has brought out all his own, he goes out ahead of them and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. They're familiar with it. And so what we need to grow in is a, pr- a practice awareness. And so when you have an inclination, a subtle idea, something that has heft to it, a, a, a name, a face, a voice, like Jerry was saying, so many of our stories about people getting these promptings, and you have this, like, practice awareness. you be like, huh, I got this impression. How interesting. Right? And so you take a hold of it. And you begin to ask questions like, could this be from God? And when you do that, you begin to test it. You begin to look for confirmation from another believer. Or if the thing was like, like, like Jerry did, right? What, how did she know that it was confirmed that she was hearing God's voice when she heard of her, um, her physical therapy friend with headaches? Well, all right, well, let me text her. Hey, you got headaches? Yes, I've had terrible ones, right? Boom, confirmed. That was God. And so when Jerry hears that again, senses that again, what did you feel like when you continue to hear her name? What did that sound like? What did it bring into your body? That's what practice awareness can be like, and it's a key. Step two, so that's perceiving a prophecy. Step two of this is understanding it. And here's the hard part with these kinds of things, because sometimes it seems like riddles and signs and, and images, and they all require interpretation. Why would God do that? Why would he just speak real plainly? Why would he, why would he give us these things that, that, that seem a little bit harder, that you have to figure out, that you got to mull over in your head? Even Daniel, who was a prophet, and this dream came to the king whom he was serving in this time, and the king had no idea what the dream was. And Daniel knew that God can interpret dreams, and he was, had this gift, right? And so the king comes to him, and this is in Daniel 4, and shares the, the dream with him. And Daniel, this is what it says about him. Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his, and his thoughts terrified him. Right? He had to process it. It wasn't immediate. He needed to mull it over. Could it be that God just, he, he longs for us to be in process with him, in, to continue conversation, to have to include others, and to invite God into this intimate conversation with God, who's just not trying to invite people, just sort of randomly, boom, here, here, do this, but he's wanting to include people into a conversation with the living God. Well we come to him? we continue to go back? Symbols and riddles often force a puzzled person to seek God further for help and understanding, which deepens conversation with God, which creates greater familiarity with God and greater relationship, and in the end, greater intimacy. It demands greater intimacy. One of the haunting texts and uh, confusing ones of Jesus speaking to the people within the, the, the book of Matthew, he, he'll say, um, he said things like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? I tell you what, when the king of heaven comes, you'll come to me and say, did we not heal people in your name? Did we not give out miraculous prophecies? Did we not cast out demons? And Jesus said, I didn't know you. Depart from me, you lawless ones. So it's not about doing this stuff. It's about having deep intimacy with Jesus. Deep intimacy with God. Being his sons and daughters, planning his good. So, that's what this is. How do we do so? We, get, we, we grow. Understanding prophecy, um, we need to learn. We need to mold over with God for greater intimacy. So then how does one do this well? Well, you begin to learn the alphabet, right? That, that's how we learn to decipher. And in the scriptures, there's an alphabet. There's an alphabet of stories. We become, become familiar with the biblical stories, you know, right? There are stories of gardens and, and, and seas splitting in two and giants. Like these stories have an alphabet to them so when they show up in our dreams, we can pull in and we can say, hey, where have I seen this in the scriptures? In the same way that I dreamed about the boots and my mind mulled over and immediately I was brought to that text about put on these shoes of readiness. Right, there's an alphabet that we can learn and so what should you be doing? You should be reading your Bible. If you're asking questions, says, does the vision or revelation remind you of anything in the scriptures? We can learn that alphabet in that way. We can also, besides learning the alphabet, we can include one another. This way, God has done that helps us to perceive these prophecies or helps us to, to understand them. We can invite others into the process and invite them around. That was what First Corinthians fourteen twenty nine said. It was like, hey, share it and let everyone weigh it. Help them listen with you to help you decipher it or know how to move on it. And the third part is we can do is we can keep God in the process. God, make it clear to us. He loves you. He loves the people around you. It's for their good. Invite God to continue to make it clear. If it's not immediate, don't feel like that's it you having, uh, being hard-headed. Say, oh God, if, uh, make this clear to us. Confirm this. I'll do what you say. So keep God in the process. The third step. So we have noticing, understanding, and the other one is like, how do you apply it? And so that's using prophecies well. And so we kind of said this. Individual prophecies, they're usually guideposts, not comprehensive roadmaps. Does that make sense? They're giving you inclinations. You're on the right path. Continue to go. Move this way. Right? Well done. Keep going. But they're not the full roadmap. And so with that we're we're knowing this these revelations typically give us enough to step out and trust but not enough to be certain they demand faith to trust that god is speaking and he's inviting into something for our story for our future for the good of others and so we want to be a part of that so how do we do so it don't it will demand humble faithfulness to do this well you will need humble faithfulness this is the ability to on what we understand without having to pretend that we get it all right so we're not pretending that we have it all humble prophets are open to additional clarification as they go along prideful prophets they think they understand everything and so there's a humble faithfulness and so if we need to be humble when we're applying these things to ourselves we've got to be doubly humble when we're trying to apply something that we've heard for someone else and so if you're going to listen for someone, you think, gosh, here's John, and I, I think the Lord's maybe given a message to John, you're going to need to use language that has humility laced in it. Language that would say, like, hey, this may be from the Lord, right? It, it's, it's messages that, that say, I think, or it seems to me, or this may be from God, right? There's humility in that. And so, and these help us to be honest about the possibility that we don't have the, in, that we don't have the interpretation or application quite right. Because we don't know. And it will take a lot of humility. When it comes to faithfulness, we want to be sensitive, but not timid. that makes sense? I think if we're just timid, we're never going to share anything. If we were timid, like Jerry, when she heard that, that prompting, right? Her name and that, she would have done nothing. And when she did that, what that's doing, it's one, letting Jerry know that God's speaking to her and it's helping her physical therapist who's in Miami know that God loves her, sees her, is with her, strengthens, comforts, and encourages, right? So grumpy prophets out there, God may need to do something there, right? He's wanting to strengthen and encourage in that. So with that, it'll take a humble faithfulness. And the other thing with that, confirmation meaning that there's people who can confirm what god is hearing god can confirm what is said through others as they offer the same message so if someone comes up to you and says oh you know dan buttry over here he's really moved he's a great missionary and he's like boy i'm really sensing from the lord that you need to be a missionary in burma renee i know you're praying about a job but i think the lord's told me you need to go to burma and become a missionary sell your stuff and go that's that's a pretty intense word right Now, if God can speak that to Dan to hear it, he can also confirm it through others. If Dan says it, now we trust Dan, we love Dan, I would listen, I'd put that in my back pocket, I'd say, huh, interesting, God's going to need to confirm it. But if six other people come up to you that same day and say the same thing, pack your bags, get a ticket, and start going, right? So we're we're looking for God to confirm. He can do this. He's not going to speak to one. We have the Spirit. So we're looking for confirmation. And here's the other part. We can make mistakes. There's room for mistakes. It doesn't mean failure. It doesn't mean God's not speaking to us. If perceiving, interpreting, and applying is difficult, then mistakes do happen. Some, one of our good friends, Shannon, she texted me this week, and she listens. She tries to notice, tries to discern, and she tries to apply. And she tells a story of having the, this symbol of a person that at Target where, who was, that he was meant to bless someone. And the person at Target, that she would know who they were, they had toilet paper in their shopping cart right and so shannon because she's willing to do and move she goes to target she brings her daughter she tells her that i think maybe even her daughter they were like hey god we need a little more clarity and maybe it was even kate who said toilet paper but they go there immediately the first person they see has got toilet paper in their cart so like all right here goes and they engage right and it really felt like god moved and and shared with someone that they deeply loved them and we were like, oh, Shannon, that's awesome. We're encouraging her. We're texting. How awesome. You're bringing your daughter and shaping her. And she was like, hey, you got to know, I don't get it right. Just last week, she was like, she felt like she, there was a waiter at a table. And she felt like God had said something about the waiter's life. And it was like, he was involved in a drowning accident. And she's like, oh, man. Excuse me. Um, have you ever, had, you ever been involved in a drowning accident? And he's like, No. And she's like okay see ya <laughs> have a good day right uh, swing and a miss who cares right you know i mean I, I say all kinds of dumb stuff to people right and they're not going to think anything about that but here's someone who's wanting to notice and to move we can, we can make mistakes so here's some next steps there's six of them number one um don't pray without listening You know, I'm totally guilty of this. God speaks, so it's it's impolite to not listen. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's humorous. (laughs) Don't pray without listening. Okay? So listening isn't about us talking, it's about God speaking. So two, practice in small groups. Pull people around. Throw them in the middle and take some time just listening for them. Share what you hear and let everyone decipher, right? Love on people on that way. Practice in that way. Hang out with people who are prophetically gifted and learn from them. Number four, keep a notepad next to your bed as you have dreams. You can just write down the word right immediately after it happened. Two or three words that will help you remember because if you don't take hold of it, what happens? You forget. You dream every night. I've actually got a set of notepads here in the front and in the back for anybody who would like to take us up on this. If you take it, you have to write in it. About dreams. This is not your grocery list book. Number five, read a ton of scripture, right? Because that will make you familiar with the the, the themes of the Bible. And act on your prophecies if you can. There's some six steps. So here's what we want to do. We want to play with this a little bit. I want to invite some friends forward. I invited four people at Genesis this morning. They're listeners, right? I know that they, um, one, they've taken some of our gifts and they have shown themselves to be kind of gifted in prophecy. I have known them to be that. And I invited them just to come together and to listen, we didn't make this weird. We didn't try to do anything um, too odd with it. We just created a little bit of space this morning. I told them, I was like, hey, we're going to come in. We're going to listen. And then I'm going to invite you to share with the church what you might have perceived. Every one of them was a little bit spooked out. It was like, well, what if we hear nothing? Right? I was like, that's no big deal. No big deal. We just listened. You heard nothing i didn't hear anything when we were sitting there and paused right so maybe they didn't hear anything but what we want to do is i just want them to get a chance to say as we pause we invited god to speak we created some quiet and we're just waiting to notice what comes and i want to invite them to kind of share potentially what they saw they heard and what did it sound like what did it feel like and then we're going to see if it connects right it's for the good of the body it's what you're praying for so we're going to see if it connects with you if anybody's like huh that's interesting that that connects in a way to a story i know or a connection to my neighbor or with me personally right so that that's what we want to share um so we're going to do that how's that sound sound good all right this is ken mark i grabbed this one and so ken if you just share um as we create that boss what did you see in here first off
1: yeah normally normally when i just sit and listen and i to think about um, God, I, I try to picture just a light in order to just be still and think about that. And um, a couple of things came to, to mind. Do you want me to share what came to mind? Yeah, yeah, share. Uh, what what, did you, what so popped into w- your head? One of the things that came to mind was Foster, his face. Mm. And I don't know if that was, you know, but it was just kind of out of the blue and maybe being here at Genesis, but just Foster and his face. And then the other thing was really weird, and we, we actually did this twice. We stopped and listened, and then we listened again. And the first time I listened, I, I saw a wash machine, and, I'm like, and I totally dismissed that because it's weird. And so I went on to, the, and then we, we listened, uh, or were listening again, and a wash machine came up again. So I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but.
0: And Ken, when you were listening, what, what does that feel like? What, what is the image, is it a clear image in your head? Is this pop in? I mean, well, what, for you, what is yeah, it like?
1: One of the things that I've learned, one of the things that I've learned, and I think different people um, think of words and stuff, and I do think of pictures, and so it, in that light. So I think of the light, uh, like a um, God in the light, and then it literally is like a picture um, that comes up. Pictures come up, not, not words, more pictures.
0: And so if we took that, they got Foster and the washing machine, right? And you're kind of like, huh, that's interesting, right? We love Foster, right? Mm-hmm. Here's Jenny. You know. um, for those of you who don't know, Foster was one of our key members here, a faithful man. He died uh, this, this past year, you know, and so uh, we're mindful of him. The washing machine was scripture. We thought about when the scriptures talk about being washed white as snow, that's what God will do. I'll wash you, right? Like, so does that totally connect, washing machine and that? I don't know. But hey, uh, just for the fun of it, washing machine, it almost sounds like we're on The Price is Right, right? Washing machine (laughs) and foster, does that connect with anybody? Does that hit anywhere in your life when those things were said? I mean, I'm not going to make you do anything. But does that connect for anybody? Could you raise your hand there in the back? Anybody else? Washing machine, did, are you raising your hand are you just fixing your eye there, Sandra? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Tony, what did you hear? What did it sound like? Yeah,
2: sure. Um, so as we, th- this is not a practice that's unusual to me because Bo has introduced us to me over the years and other friends uh, where we just sit and listen and every, I'm, I, I kind of go into those. Thinking like ah, oh, it's not gonna, nothing's gonna happen. But oh, every every single time, it does something does happen. So, I had the um, just the thought of ch- of chains, and I'm like, I don't know what chains means. Uh, then Bo said, Well, I have a scripture I want to read from Psalm 146 about Jesus or, or uh, the Lord, setting the prisoner free. Um. Uh, there were a number of, there were a number of things that the Lord is going to do in that Psalm. In my mind, it was like, oh, it's connected to chains, breaking chains, setting somebody free, breaking oppression. Um, then Ken started talking about washing machines, and the, the word whitewash came into my mind. And I'm
0: mm.
2: like, I know I've heard whitewash in the scriptures. So I was just, as we were sitting in here, I was reading through, like, where's whitewash in the scriptures? Um, Ezekiel, one of the prophets in chapter 13 in Ezekiel said, um, this is what the Lord said to me. And he said, I'm going to go out, and there are these teachers in, in Israel um, who make up these f- these false teachings, these flimsy arguments, but they paint them, they whitewash them, they make them look really good. They, they set up these walls that are flimsy, but they whitewash them to make them really strong. And the Lord's going to crush those. So as I was thinking, as I was sitting here, and, th- and this is just me piecing all these different pieces together. Some, sometimes I he- actually hear, like, I, I'll actually have, like, a dream, and I'll write it down. Sometimes I'll have, like, a, a very clear think this is what the Lord's saying. This is me just piecing numerous things together, and I don't know if it's true or not. But um, I, I got the sense as I was sitting there that there there may be somebody who's um, been hurt by the church, by false teachings, by mm-hmm. something that's holding them back, and there's chains that need to be broken there. So mm-hmm. that was that was what I sensed as I was sitting and partly listening to you and partly not as I was thinking through all these all these different pieces.
0: I get it. I <laughs> get it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Does does that that word right? Does that idea that just just to see does it connect with anybody? It, you show us something. I see something in the back. Yeah, connects right. Hits somewhere. And that's what we're trying to do. We're not we're not trying we're not doing uh, we're doing things of God right. This is what they said in the scriptures. Potentially, would happen if the people would test it. So I'm inviting you to test it right, in a way of saying, huh, does that resonate with you? So that, that was awesome about even even your process for sharing. Anything else you think would be helpful in the way you hear? Um,
2: Gary Best came here, I don't know, four year, three, four years ago. Yeah. And he said a lot of time, and this this is something that resonated with me, was that the Lord speaks. When he speaks to you, it often just sounds like your own thought in your head, um, which it always does. But it, it's always, for me, when I think it's the Lord speaking, it's always like my own thought but about something that's just, why am I thinking about chains? I'm sitting here drinking coffee in the room over there. Why am I thinking about chains? That's, I wasn't thinking about chains this morning. That's unusual for me to be thinking about. I wonder I wonder if that's the Lord speaking. And then I share it and I test it with other, other friends, other people, with Renee. Um, that, that's how I often get confirmation that, yeah, maybe yeah. this is the Lord speaking. Or, or as Gary used to say, like, or maybe it's just the pizza I ate last night. <laughs> I don't know. So
0: Awesome. Renee, what did, what did you hear? What did it sound like?
3: Um, okay, I might need to come closer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we did this, um, the name Peter and then Petra came to mind, which is not in my daily life or really anything. And I dismissed it and then it came. And then um, the idea that the um, name of God is a way maker. And then it's a song that, I love to listen to and then when you were preaching, you were talking about the book Miracle Worker or something. And in a line after Waymaker it says Miracle Worker. Um so I thought that was interesting. Mm. And then the thought of um the idea of God being like a snowplow as we were sitting here kinda came to mind and making a way. So mm. for me, the um voice of God sounds like a thought. I don't see pictures. That'd be really cool if I did, but um, it just, it sounds like a thought, and I can't dismiss it, and similar to what Jerry said. Yeah. Can't, can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Any Peters? Petras?
0: Waymaker? Miracle? that connect with anyone? When well, Renee's kind of hearing the snow plow of God looking to make a way, does that connect with anybody? Anybody got anything? Awesome. And then, Deb, did you share?
1: Um, So when Bo had asked me to do this last night, I was praying about it, and um, uh, pretty quickly the Lord brought to mind draw near, and again praying this morning, same thing, draw near, so it made me think of the scripture in James, I think it's James 4, 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, Um, and I learned from a pastor a while back that um, Jesus is a perfect gentleman, and he won't force himself on you. So. we feel like we're not. If God's not near to us, that it's really our first step that we need to do. Um, and and like these guys were saying, it's um, when the Lord speaks to me, it's, it sounds like my own thought. So um, yeah, it's awesome.
0: That's awesome, Dad. Thank yeah. you. Anybody have a a, a prompt? Does that does that scripture connect to someone who's maybe feeling like God's invitation to draw near to him, when well, maybe he doesn't feel near, right? I, Again, we're trying to decipher, we're interpreting together. Is that a few? Uh, that is awesome. Guys, thank you, thank you so much. I'm going to we're, I'm gonna invite the band up. We're going to sing one song. We're going to close. About a good, good father is the, is the song that we're going to sing. Um, but we call this time to kind of just be prayed for, right? And so the idea of these messages are meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And maybe just them speaking them out loud did that for you. Or maybe you think there's something more that God's wanting to do and uh and maybe you just want someone to pray for you right maybe you want one of these based upon their message maybe it felt like it was you right and i want to they're willing to say they know that god is just like hey god's god and he gives good gifts and they're just willing to serve this morning and would love to pray for people so if during the song if you'd like to pray for you feel free i also want to invite our elders forward that also team up here so if you're an elder here at genesis come up here and if you just want to be prayed for for the sake of like gosh i desire more of God's gifts, I, w- I want to be able to speak freely, right, I, w- I want to see too. and he said to desire that, and so we would love to pray for people with that, and so we're going to sing this song, uh, I, when I was sitting back there, and so this is all about just taking chances, I had this picture, I, I had this name, boom, right, when I was back at the beginning of the worship, it was Stacy, and it was Stacy with something with the esophagus, so I'm going to, does that connect anywhere, any Stacys with esophagus, swing and a miss, and so, church, that's what failure looks like, right? No big deal. But with this, is we want to notice and incline our hearts. So this morning, if um, if you want, if you want to connect, if you feel like God's doing something more in you, then then come up, and, and a lot of people just to kind of just to pray for you, put a hand upon you, and bless you. Uh, during the so I want to invite you to stand. And if you'd like some prayer, we're up here to pray, and we're going to sing "Good Good Father." And you need this mic back. <laughs>